there's so many things in my life I've been terrible at and I stuck at and they just got easier. So hmm. as I take on new responsibilities, tasks or things that I hate or think that I'm terrible at, I don't really sit too much in all the things that I don't know how to do as much as I really have a positive attitude of, hey, we're going to figure this out. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with the one and only, the king of the cocks, the COVID Jesus, Robbie the Fire Bernstein. Thank you, sir, for joining me on today's podcast. Absolutely. What is going on, Robert? It's been a busy morning. Got up, meditated, did some yoga, went to the gym, rose. You cold plunge? I did not cold plunge. I am over cold plunging. It's too cold. You're done. You mean you're going to wait till summer or you're done with that as a daily habit? It's one of those things you do when you're feeling it and you d don't do. I got in the last time I got in, I was like, this is too cold. I'm getting out. And, uh, you know what? I, I th th There was a brief stint where I had the pool at my gym to myself because they were not heating it at all. Like there was no heat in that pool. And so what I was doing, I only did it like four times, but I'm telling you, it was probably the best I ever felt was I would get in that sauna for 15 minutes. I love stretching in the sauna. If you can go in the middle yes. of the afternoon and no one's there. For Dude, sure. I love stretching the sauna. It just pours out of you. And then I would be a gross person. I wouldn't shower. I would just get right into their freezing pool and swim for about 15 in like yes. the freezing cold. But the thought of just sitting in the cold, like just sitting in it, I don't think I could do that. That's too much. It's brutal. And it's a, it, it'll, it'll make you feel alive, especially when you get out. Like that's right. obviously the best feeling. But it's uh, an acquired, it's just like the people that like pain, and uh, mas um, what is that sadist or something masochistic? I, but then because you feel so good when you get out and right. you know you put yourself through that hell and everything else is a piece of cake. You know, at the end of the day, afterwards. But you know, I've been doing jujitsu at hell twice yeah. a week at night. Have you gotten into that at all ever? I would very much so like to uh, get into a fighting gym. I would enjoy that a lot. I actually, uh, I, I I feel like I'm keeping in decent shape, but I haven't been going to the gym at all lately. I've just been doing home workouts. Well, you, yeah, you whooped my ass on the Manitou incline. I look so. forward to, to doing that again, and uh, I think this time we should uh, formally place a bet. Cause yeah, I, I, I'm down to, I mean, you've got, You've got the uh, you've got the advantage because it's there and you can actually go train on it. Uh, right. Yeah, if you want to put a bet on it, I'll start actually putting some. Into <laughs> you. I think you have a decade on me though in terms of age. Youth. Um, I am. Th I will be thirty-five. Yeah, we're like. I'm gonna be thirty-five for thirty-five. Uh, forty-five in two days. Hell yeah. So when this comes out, I will have I will actually have been forty five for a day. This should come out on Monday. And well, I don't have any I don't have any porch tour plans yet. I definitely would like to hit Colorado again. I do need some uh, some new material, but uh, I'm actually I'm going to be out in Steamboat coming up uh, in a couple weeks, doing two days there skiing. Yeah, I uh, wish it wasn't five hours away. Yeah, because I would definitely. But Goodbye. summer, I definitely want to do the Manitou Incline again. That was great. Here's what I got to do. I got to find a concert I really want to see at Red Rocks, pick a weekend, plan a porch tour, and then Sunday you and I will hit the Incline. And maybe I can go. I never go to concerts, but I think I would maybe make a special occasion if you, if you invited yeah. me. 
Um, Mountain Mama, uh, whatever, I don't know her name exactly, but she hit me up uh, the other day and she asked me if I was a member of the Libertarian Party, which I just finally did after she texted me. Right. Because of, uh, I should have done it last Forest year. Mommy, she's out there working it. Getting people did I say Mountain up. Mommy? Hell yeah. I think I said Mountain Mommy. Whatever. Yeah, that's mommy. actually a good name. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe she could rebrand. That's not bad. Forest Mountain. Well, either here nor there uh, she was asking if i had become like, if i would be interested in being a delegate which it just sounds cool so right. i want to and that's the second time it's happened where i wasn't able to oblige because i hadn't registered properly and i was like right. send me the link it was so easy to change my affiliation it was just like the easiest thing ever i so. gotta check my registration status because for a while i was not a member and i thought that was kind of funny be showing up these things <laughs> and then i registered and i think it's lapsed and i probably have to renew it i don't think you renew it once you register as you must have done a lifetime affiliate. membership you got you got those sheet dollars so you just paid the lifetime bill well you know what the deal is we got we got we got uh, dollar dollar bills y'all just <laughs> raining from the sky over there here. you go i've been thinking super positive i've been doing oh, yeah. like this meditation and i've been putting love out when the, the law of attraction, what you think about, you bring about and feeling grateful for everything that I do have. Cause why would the universe give you more if you don't appreciate what it's already given Ooh, you? That's not bad. Can you say that? Repeat that. I can, I need to absorb that. Let me, let me set the right intention and get ready for this Robert wisdom. Cause that's a good one. If you don't already appreciate what you have now, why would the universe give you anything else? You know, I gotta, I gotta think about that. That's interesting. It, and so there's an attitude of gratitude, and I wanted to speak to you about certain things like this, certain principles, because you are a hustler. You're out there, go-getter. You're constantly on the move. How do you stay so active without just burning out? Uh, well, I would say there's three big ones. One, I think momentum is really important. Mm. I think kind of once you're up and you're moving and like you're in a good groove, the things are easy. I find what's really difficult is the stop and go. It's, it's Everything's like the gym. You show up to the gym every day, you make it a habit. It's not that tough. You end up really enjoying it. You're not, you don't feel like physically lazy while you're there. It's just, it's not that difficult. It's when you kind of come and go from things that it is excruci excruciatingly painful. And it's almost so annoying because it's like, once you finally get over that hump of doing it, you don't keep with it. And then you got to come back to it. So I try and put a little bit of focus into um momentum like getting things going and then not taking breaks because then i find it difficult to come back to i have an analogy for that sure and it's kind of like stop and go traffic and the use on your car and the drain on gas right when you're stopping it takes more gas to start going again and then you get like less gas mileage that way i don't know how familiar you are being in new york or you have a car you drive yeah, of course okay so you know the analogy and it takes more gas to start up again than it does to just keep keep going with that momentum boom <laughs> so i do uh I, I i don't always successfully utilize that strategy but i do find as much as possible uh if you can get things going and keep with it it's a lot easier than the stop and go Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that serves me well is I, I, I'm very good at looking at things as a process and instead of getting frustrated by what's not working out or I don't know how to do, 
I really just look at things as there's so many things in my life I've been terrible at and I stuck at and they just got easier. So hmm. as I take on new responsibilities, tasks or things that I hate or think that I'm terrible at, I don't really sit too much in all the things that I don't know how to do as much as I really have a positive attitude of, hey, we're going to figure this out. Like this one's not going to be good, but the next one will be good. So I, I, I've been starting to put together more live events and live shows. And rarely do I ever go into um, killing my... I mean, sometimes shows go great, but like I, I don't really go into most things feeling great about what I'm doing, but I do feel very good about the process and that at some point in time, I'll have an expertise. That Those are kind of my two focuses, I'd say. My, my The Rob Bernstein path to positivity. I am loving it. I Another thing... So I, I heard recently was nerves that fire together, wire together. And if you, if you think positive and think you can do it on a consistent basis, your mental framework is going to keep that sort of mentality. And if you, if you're always negative, you know, you're, that's kind of going to be the way you think about things. So if you just, the power of positive thinking, I know it sounds woo woo, but if you practice that power of positive thinking, your brain will start to think that's what it's supposed to do. And it'll think positively on autopilot so that when the next challenge you know, occurs, you're like, I can do this because that's what I do. I always get it done, you know? Yeah, no, I'm definitely not naturally wired for positive uh, thinking, so I have to frequently remind myself, hey, positive mental attitude, one step in front of another, I'm like a fucking repetition of a Rocky movie up here, where <laughs> more often than not, it's kind of a function of ADD, it's that once I get rolling, things get easy, and then also, once I'm actually in the stressful environments, I can handle them well, it's more when things are calm, and the calm work to put yourself into those situations, that uh you know i gotta push and fight through a rocky i love <laughs> those movies i love i and when uh his wife whatever what's her name damn it you know um adrian adrian she's like you can't win against <laughs> the russian that was brutal but so like motivating because he had to fight through the adversity of probably thinking himself, I can't win. And then having your wife, significant other tell you, you can't win also. And then just believing in that it's a movie, but he believed and he won. <laughs> and he ran those cold mountains and he chopped those trees and he worked out in that sauna and he took so many steroids. I mean, yes. you look at those lines going down all the way to his dick roots oh my god that was uh that was sylvester stallone at his best right there did he look better in any other rocky movie than because then he started getting like less cut and more big and bulky i want to say peak sylvester stallone and that's not my favorite rocky movie by the way but i'm just talking male physique that's got to be uh sylvester stallone at his best they're all so good and is he which one was he looking the best in? it could have been Probably not one, because he was still a little bit... No, chunky. one, there was no steroids, so that's just yeah. natural, like, doesn't even... I, I mean, look, comparatively, like, I would celebrate my body if I looked that way, but he's not He's not cut, and he's not big. He's just, I guess, reasonably fit. You know, it's not... Yeah. It doesn't stand out. 
but then he gets the steroid budget and movie two starting to look shredded movie three real cut and then you get to i think the Russian one is number four, right? Yes, it is number four. Yeah, and then three by is the... Clubber Lane, I do believe. Three was Clubber Lane with. I, to my, my opinion, I think three is the best movie. Yeah, where he goes to the gym with all the black guys to learn how to like dance and. Yeah, and then also the... the scene with uh with the with the big wrestler whose name I forget right now Hulk Hogan. You got the scene with Hulk Hogan. You got the beating Clubber Lane losing, uh, Mickey's death. Oh, the, that movie to me is the best of the that's the best rocky film well the what, what sticks out the most to me is the speech that he gives to his son when he it's not son, about how hard you can get hit it's how many times you punch in the face around <laughs> exactly yeah it's like how, it's how many times you get back up yeah well, that, that was that was a bad movie but the best five, speech i think that was five yeah, or six. that's when i think he just was doing the uh the exhibition match yeah, and he he like had a restaurant, and he was like kind of done. It was after the Tommy, not Tommy Fury, but Tommy. I think that's the worst movie. I think that's the worst of all the Rockies is the yeah. Tommy Gun one. Tommy Gun, yeah. Good name. <laughs> Did you watch Tommy Fury versus uh, Jake Paul this past? No, weekend? I watched uh, the highlights, which wasn't even the best recap, so I didn't even really get a feel for the fight. But it was exciting. Was it? I mean, it was it was pretty close, but pretty quickly I could tell Tommy Fury was winning, and right. I wanted I wanted Paul to win just to keep that hype train going because right. it's exciting and it's good for the sport. And I don't know how people are going to respond to his next fight. Right. Only to say maybe they'll be like, well, at least we know it's not rigged, or th- you know, because people were claiming people were taking falls, um, but. Yeah, Tommy had the when when I saw this one punch, like Tommy punched down as Jake Paul was pulling away, like he, t- Jake Paul had ducked and was pulling away, and Tommy had the kind of the reflect uh, reflexes to punch like the top of the back of his head so fast. I was like, oh, this dude is like keyed in, like when he has this whole. He's been doing it since he was six. At the very end of the fight. He even said to him, he's like, look, you've been fighting for three years. I've been fighting for 17 years. There's a huge muscle memory difference. And he gave him props. He, uh, Tommy gave Jake Paul props. It was a good dance, you know, he said. And I like now I like Tommy Fury more. I did not like him because my first introduction to him was my daughter, who's 21. or She's going to be 22 on the same day. We have the same birthday. Oh, that's pretty Madison. cool. Yeah, she was born on my 23rd birthday. Um great birthday present but <laughs> she was watching love island which is like this fuck fest of a sh- of a reality show okay. from great great britain so they put like six hot guys and six hot girls and cameras and, and alcohol and say you know have at it and right and so that he was on that he's a you know reality show star as well right. and i and i just you know he's too pretty it's almost annoying. I was like, this guy's too fucking handsome. I don't like him. Right. <laughs> I hate him. I'm over here hating. How long, uh, how old is he? 23. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was wondering why he wasn't already more established in boxing with uh, Fury as an older brother. Mm-hmm. But I guess that makes sense. He's only 23. Yeah. Yeah. And he is very impressive. So I thought I was, I thought for sure Jake was going to win. Sorry, we're talking about this, but 
we, we're going where the wind blows, baby. Because I, I like it. No plan. <laughs> what uh? What have you been doing? Uh, like, so you're doing jujitsu. Are you doing any uh, Muay Thai or boxing or anything like that? No, it's all straight Brazilian jiu-jitsu with a Brazilian coach who speaks Portuguese. He barely speaks English. He calls me Hobbit. So <laughs> he pronounce the R's. And I love it. I actually really right. He's like, Hobbit, good job, Hobbit. And, uh, <laughs> play attention. Play attention. He, want, he is, They put the L's in the places where they're not supposed to be. But, you know, you're doing these chokes that are, you know, with the geese. And, but I, I actually moved from the white belt class over to the nogi so that i could roll so right. half half the class now that i go to is strategy and technique and then half is rolling which is 30 minutes of sparring right it's brutal you know and i actually did not go last night because i'm 44 about to be 45 right and feeling the the wear on my body to the right. point where i'm like I'm going to get hurt if I keep doing this. I'm going to go I'm going to, I'm going to go back, but I'm going to give myself time to recuperate because right. You know, it's just over I've gotten hurt so many times over the course of my life playing basketball nonstop, rolling ankles, skateboarding, and then even jiu-jitsu. It's just you can overdo it and then that's how you get like back problems and shit. So I'm just I'm I'm there to have fun to get a massive workout and get all that anxiety and whatever out of your body. Cause I was feeling, you remember a couple of months ago, I was like, I'm my wits end. And now I'm like, just free as a bird, baby. I love it. So I have, uh, I think I got to change out, change my workout regimen a little bit. I had, uh, when I was working on the end of year thing, stuff got a little bit chaotic where I didn't feel like I had time to go to the gym. And so I just started working out at home. I'm very lucky. I had a fan send me some really incredible workout gear. The company's called RPM. Nice. Uh, and he's Patton. got, there you go. Um, and he, he's got fitness videos also. I never check out his fitness videos, but I have, firstly, I already have a pull-up bar. And then now I got like weights and a sandbag. So what I like to do is, cause I, I'm not very good at focusing and I read the news every day and write. So I just started kind of incorporating the workout while I'm doing my work. So basically, I alternate days and um, now I'm doing them weighted. So I do about 100 to 150 pull-ups and about 300 push-ups. And I do that three days a week. And that's my upper body. What? Yeah. 150 pull-ups? But I, I separate it. So it's of like I do, I do like sets of... 10 to 15 it depends on if i'm doing them weighted that's and it also huge that's and then dog and, shit. and then i throw on the the weighted uh the vest and i'll do like you know i do basically do like 10 pull-ups and it's like 30 push-ups but then i also mix it up because i have bands on the wall so like I'll, I'll still do basically four sets with bands of like triceps and other stuff um so i do that three days a week and then the other three days a week i basically do uh, with the 55 pound sandbag, about 250 squats, like sets of 50. I do five sets of 50, and you then hold I mix it up, it up front or in, on your back. Nah, usually in back, and then yeah. I also do. Um, but then I'll also do four sets of like deadlifts, but it's only 55 pounds. And I do like so the thing <laughs> is, over the course of the morning, while I'm like taking breaks from reading, I get a lot of reps in. So like I actually feel like I'm I'm physically kind of strong, but 
my cardio's fallen off because I'm not swimming and biking every day. Uh, and then also, I just went to a fitness class in uh, Buffalo this past week. I did hot yoga, which was nice. uh, interesting to see. Was Were they like super militant and telling you the instructions or was it kind of more chill? Well, you could go at your own pace. What I didn't like about it, because I'll stretch out at home and I kind of know some yoga poses. And I like stretching in the sauna because uh-huh. I, I, I have too much ADD to just sit in the sauna. And also... I get I, like I've I get so anxious if I'm sitting around stretching. I feel like I don't have time for this, which is just lunacy in your brain, which I'm trying to deal with that anxiousness of when you're trying to focus on something and you feel like you don't have time for it. That that, yeah. that that's an anxiety that definitely uh, gets me. And I'm I'm, I'm starting I'm starting to learn though, like the same as I learned with uh, I used to check like doorknobs more, like OCD type shit. I, I used to do that. I'd have to touch it with all four or five of my fingers, not to. And I, I think right. you're saying that whether it's locked or not. But I, I used to be a big, the thing is I'm also a space cadet and I will leave things open. Can I tell you a good space cadet story, Robert? Please, I'm here for you. I'm I had one time I was going up to, and I've learned this. It's that when you start getting really anxious, you start wanting to place that somewhere. And so you'll get hyper-focused on, oh, let me go check that door again. Or let me go do this again. Cause then you, you feel like you're establishing a little bit of control over your general anxiety and it's not good because it reinforces i think the bad habit of just checking things for no reason and then i i, I might even create more anxiety but i can't prove that to you so anyways but this is why i i, I this is i guess in a moment you ever seen the movie memento i'm kind of rambling here yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i it's thought a memento it. to me and i haven't seen this movie since i'm 13 but my takeaway when i was 13 was that he was setting up his own reality that he had like these brief windows of consciousness yeah. and he would almost set up games for himself to play. So he would write the things on the card and he knew in 10 minutes he was going to forget what he wrote and whatever. But there was that brief moment where he was there and he kind of knew like he was setting up a game for himself. All right. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I, I just remember fragments of in, in what you just said about how. So, it, so sometimes I find I'll do something that's really spazzy that then validates all my checking. So I had an incident where I was in a rush to get up to New Hampshire for a gig. I think I was trying to film. Maybe it was one of the end of year things. I had all this gear with me. And I get about 20 minutes from my house and I convinced myself I left the oven. And I'm like, I'm already 20 minutes out. And I just, I was like, it's not going to sit right. I got to go back. So I turn around. Now turning around at 20 minutes out, that means I'm adding 40 minutes to what's a five hour drive. And I'm already running late. So now I'm weaving in and out. I get back to my apartment and, um, I left my sink just filled with like dirty pans. And I'm like, this is gross. So I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't have time to wash this, but at least let me put some like soap and water on this. Right. So I just put down some soap. I put on, I put some some water on it. Like, just so like when I come back, I can like easily scrub it type thing. Check the oven. Oven's off. Check the thing off. Now I'm already in here. Check all the outlets type thing. I leave. Right. I come back three days later. I think three days later. The water's running. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I'm standing, I'm standing outside and I'm like, why do I hear water? And I open up the door (laughs) three days. And the fact that like the sink didn't clog with the amount of shit that I'd left in there and flooded my apartment was literally just a God, God decided to bless me on that particular day. And I was like, this is, well, I thought it was, it was duly funny that one, I was thinking, okay, this is why I check things because I make mistakes like this. But then I was also 
realizing that the anxiety of coming back to check something set up that situation. That is hilarious. Yeah, you're very lucky that it didn't flood because that would have been a nightmare. Oh my god. Yeah. And also, I feel like uh, my neighbors are very keep themselves type people. So I don't even know to what extent water would have to be coming out of my unit before they would actually even call the landlord. You could be like Jeffrey Dahmer and like have dead bodies in your apartment and they would be like, oh, yeah, they were, no one would say nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, something smells people a people have uh, cooked food on this hallway worse than the smelling of rotting corpses. So I feel like I could get away with it for quite a while. You're not you're in Connecticut now. Yeah. Stanford, Connecticut. Stanford. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. You ever... Oh, but back to the fitness thing. I do feel like I'm missing out on the focused gym time which I think is good, a little bit better for for your brain and actually sweating it out, getting some cardio in. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm not being too lazy and inactive, but... No, it sounds like you're staying on top of it. I had my boy Steven with the long hair. He's right. a fitness uh, expert at this point, and he sent me some workouts. And he, I only needed, like, three or four. I have We have, like, the arm day, right. the chest day leg day and back day and combination of those things and so and they're pretty intense where we have you do a set of something and then you do a super set and then he has like drop sets in between your sets right so that you're constantly basically working out and i have a buddy that uh he's a neighbor of mine and we have a gym like three minutes from our house mountain fitness and uh, Woodland Park, come join me if you're going to work out. Just kidding. Well, we're t- the reason I'm even saying anything about uh, people watching is because you're on. You know, people are going to be watching. We got Robbie the Fire, one of the most popular names in the Libertarian Party and in the podcast world and in comedy. He's selling out tour. He's selling out arenas all over the world, according to Chat.GPT. <laughs> Well, I like that version of reality. Maybe if we can get chat GBT to start actually manifesting reality, then I will take what it wrote about me. Just let's just go with that. That's a perfect script for my life. I I like the positivity it in intertwined in my stories and you know I like how bold facedly wrong it is <laughs> that you would never see anything in Google that was that wrong. Yeah. And it just presents it to you as factually accurate. Now What's convenient about it is that it actually has a good writing style that if I was trying to sit down and write a bio for myself, I'd have a very tough time doing it and it would be extremely clunky. The Uh way that that thing writes, it writes with very good prose. It's easy to read, but it's also a good fictional story because none of it was accurate. None of it? I mean, there was a little bit. I guess the themes were true. It was was like the WWF storyline for me. You know, It Uh, it was, yeah, libertarian, comedian, those were accurate, but I guess the other accomplishments were not. I should just make that my dating profile, the ChatGBT uh, <laughs> bio. It is it's fascinating how that oh, it, it puts some things together. Yeah, I was way off on not mine as well. I'll have to post it on my military my veteran with over 700 kills in Iraq lost his balls after a grenade went off in Fallujah which is actually Afghanistan but work with me here he yeah. then built the only underwear strong enough to support fake prosthetic nuts until they reattached to his body using the technology that was able to regrow his nuts he invented sheath underwear 
Dun, dun, dun. I now like you, that. Yeah. Was that off the top right there? That was, that was right off the top of my head. Okay. Dude, you should have heard the ad read I did today for you guys uh, talking about going skiing and not having your wiener freeze. So I'm going to cut that. I'm going to put that out just on social as its own thing. Thank you. Yeah, we need, and we, we're doing pretty well. I mean, we had a little bit of a rough patch with the recession that they're not calling a recession. Uh, but we're withstanding, we're holding our ground, you know, we're like anchored in and we have all these fucking competitors that are trying to jump in the market to get the the, the separated ball space. Yeah. I mean, like I'm the separated balls guy. What are you doing? This is my thing. Quit trying to copy me. I'm the separated balls, dude. It is something to behold. But it seems like they're, they're not going all the way with it. You got Hanes. They just want two little lines in there. It's almost like an inverted labia on the side of your underwear. Who wants that? That's not protective. That's not supportive. Yeah. Who are are the, uh, who are the other ones stepping into this space? I mean, you got Shinesty, um, Ergoware, Separatech, Two Under, My Package, Beneath. There's so many, but there's even more like now and you see, I see all these guys and they're like blown away. They're pr- promoting these new pouch underwear products. And they're like, dude, it's got it separates your balls from your legs. And I'm like, I've been, been doing, doing that. Yeah. For a minute, but I do like your enthusiasm and I appreciate that ultimately those companies are either going to fade away or maybe they stick around, whatever the case may be, but they're bringing more awareness onto this, so you think it actually helps because it brings more awareness and you're best in the space so hopefully they convert someone to the idea and they want to research pouchware and then they realize oh but there's these sheath guys so you think it actually helps i think it helps i'm not i'm not like uh, you gotta be you you know now you gotta start you gotta start playing it best in separation first in separation you you gotta you gotta build that story you gotta be the coca-cola of uh of ball separation technologies. We'll do the Pepsi challenge or like the sheath challenge. Yeah, yeah, the sheath challenge. Yeah, we were here at the OGs. We are the yeah, original. The, the OGs of pouchware. OGs of pouchware. <laughs> Tag it, Matt. <laughs> we we were, we're, we were in the, you know, we got in the bag. We're in the game and I don't, I'm not scared To think of these assholes that you had to go to Iraq, sweat your nuts off, deal with all that chafing, and then go into the drawing board, invent a product, go through bad product wares that was contorting your nuts. I remember that story. The first one that you got, you were pretending like it was good and it was just squeezing your nuts all day. Uh, And you suffered through all of that just for these other enterprising people to come along and steal your good idea. You're out there trying to benefit mankind by separating their balls and nuts going where no other underwear purveyor has gone before yeah i'm a pioneer so yeah. fuck off bitches you guys are called copycats and that's cool though copying is like the best form of flattery and i like i said maybe you should maybe you should do that commercial get yourself like uh you know being your underwear your sheaths of course right and maybe you should start like uh filming funny videos as if you're explorer you were boldly going where no man has gone before <sighs> And all these copycats are just are following your lead. I'll be like, yeah, you're you're, push, you're, you're pushing the boundaries of uh, of men's underwear. I'm like Smith, and there's some pioneers. Lois and Lewis, Lois and Clark. Lois and, Lewis and Clark. That's better. That was it. That's where. I was. Thank you, sir. We're like we're on the same page. The Lewis and Clark of men's underwear. What do you think about acting? 
What about just because, like, as for yourself, you know? Because what I'm thinking is that next time we get together, we could do like a little I'm fun down. YouTube skit. I'm a hundred percent down. Okay. I like I like acting if it's silly and I can kind of you know be tongue in cheek with it. If yeah. I have to actually try and act act, I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> like shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know. I, I took one acting class and I would get in trouble for uh, like they would go, "You're tr- you're making this funny." I'd be like, "I don't know. I, I, I I'm just trying to play this straight." I don't. It know. is interesting how some how many comedians be, are successful actors, right? Why, why do you think that's the case? Uh, well, I think some some comedians are very good performers, and I think some of them actually invest their time into learning the craft of acting as well okay. i think there's definitely crossover talents uh where i would uh disagree with the two acting teachers that i took which was they were very interested in the craft of acting and i do think that they're and i understand it these guys they think and i understand it sometimes you get actors i mean comics surrounded by straight actors and like the actors are playing things straight and that can make things very funny when you write things for an actor and they're playing it straight. Uh, but I do think there's something to comedic acting, which is very specific to comics when they're using their delivery and they're being funny. Like I, I would say Norm McDonald's kind of that way you can watch him in any sitcom and he's best. being Norm and it's funny. Yes. But there, there's a lot of examples of that where co- comics are kind of using their comedic delivery but in sitcoms or other type places. Yeah. Um, and I can almost like watch a sitcom sometimes and I see a guy who's being fun. I was like, oh, that guy must be a comedian. Not that I ever watch sitcoms. But I'm just saying every once in a while, I like I've come across something and go, oh, that guy's really funny. He must be a comedian. So well, I do they think typically, that, yeah, typically they are acting like themselves, for instance, right. like Russell Brand, comedian, whatever. And he, he's, did acting and he would just kind of play himself or Seinfeld. Right. Not necessarily Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, you know, went onto the, the eternal sunshine of a spotted mind. That movie. Have you seen that? I'm sure. I'm sure. You've yes. Seen it. Not that, recently, but yes, yeah, that was, that was pretty good because whatever. And Shane Gillis is pretty good at acting on his, his thing. I had an idea for Tim Dillon. But Shane, Shane, I, I, first he, I, yes. I got to watch the Gillian Keeves full video. Uh-huh. Every one of the sketches he put up on YouTube were brilliant and great. Yeah. But to me, that would fall into the category of comedic acting where he's kind of being funny and it's a little bit tongue in cheek. It's not Oscar performance, straight acting. You know what I mean? It's got a comedic thing to it. When he did Does that, that guy sense? Fury thing. I, I, hope, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm, I'm saying that as a compliment, not a knock. I feel like it might be coming off the wrong way. But what I'm trying to say is if you got an act like that sketch where he's playing um the isis whatever oh yeah if, if you so gave funny. that to an actor to play straight it wouldn't have that comedic timing which to which is in part firstly there's great writing there but yeah. i i i don't know I, I don't know if i'm explaining no, I don't he really was doing the isis thing where he's a car salesman and, and he's trying to tell and he's like, getting frustrated which is yeah. funny but if you give that to an actor they would get frustrated in more of an acting way <laughs> well, he, he's, I think, yeah, he's just, he's playing us SNL kind of a skit where it's not serious acting. He's got to be the best 
to ever just do independent sketches. I mean, Ryan Long might be the best in the uh, like political kind of satire category. Yeah. But in terms of comedian that just straight up put out sketches on YouTube, Shane's got a. He's he's up there for sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) He's he's one of my favorite, and I I love being able to see him and Mark Norman and Ari Shafir on the protect our parks with Rogan because we sponsor all three of them. Right. And it's like we're in we're in the zeitgeist. it's also it's made them it's made them superstars which is cool especially if you're working with them yes it has been a blessing and i've been i'm, I'm picking these winners they're like yeah. pick, picking race horses i had an idea we worked with tim dylan in the past as many of you know and i was watching tiktok with my wife with a, and there was this gay farmer who's like complaining about and you want to set them up you want to set them up with tim no, I want Tim to basically steal his act and go okay. on a farm and ha- and have to and just seen Tim Dillon on a farm in sheep, in sheep farming. But he would be complaining how he complains about everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be hilarious. That's got to be a very expensive promotion, but that might be the single greatest content. Yeah. Him out there complaining about having to farm in a sheath, just yelling at you that why is he even doing this commercial and for whatever amount of money you paid him, it wasn't worth it. And this is a testament to Bobby the bank and his criminal enterprises that he can even afford to do this. That would be amazing. Yeah, we're running the underwear mafia over here, people. <laughs> putting, we're putting little baggies in the pouches as we send them across the land. Hey, someone's got to import the fentanyl. Doesn't get in itself. How did you think it was happening? Because I wasn't. You know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a veteran. People trust me. There you so go. They, they you better hope push. this doesn't land in the algorithm. Sheath underwear, uh, fentanyl importers. Hey, I'm wearing my Tommy Fury hoodie. You bought that since the fight? No, wouldn't that be oh, funny? Okay. It's actually a Fury fighting organization. They're a top right. feeder into the UFC. And and I went to a, a fight recently and I bought it. That's what all like the management was wearing. I was like, I want one of those. So they gave me, they gave me one. Nice. Were you a sponsor on that fight? For sure. Hell this yeah, fight dude. is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. That's Underwear cool. of Legends. I like how uh, Dave is mentioning that he's a legend and it's the Underwear of Legends and incorporating all that. He. I like my line of uh, the greatest underwear ever to grace the balls of man. Clip it. <laughs> And in those live stream shows where we actually clipped where the lady, she's like, we're in Detroit and I just got to ask you, are you wearing sheath underwear? And that was great. Like, yeah, the other great moment was, um, you have that up on your Instagram? It is somewhere. I don't know if it's posted yet, but we clipped it. Recently. Let me know when you post it. Cause I actually want to create an Instagram for, um, like gas ads or something to, uh, repost those, uh, those clips. But there was also that great moment when we were talking about Paul Pelosi being in his underwear and someone screamed out it's because he wasn't wearing sheath. And then Dave just kind of started riffing on that. That was a great moment, too. Yeah, it was like, those didn't even look like sheath. Those were some silky boxers that would be super (laughs) It's funny. You guys guys come up every live show. Someone's asking me if I'm wearing my sheath or they're yelling it during those live, uh, live part of the problems. It's great. So great. We're so lucky. I'm so happy and honored and grateful to be associated with gas digital and you guys it's funny because you would think maybe being associated with them first a lot of brands might be taboo and like don't go near that it's yeah but all those brands suck you're you're 
you're the uh the og of Inception. of men's underwear you care you care about balls that's all those other people that don't give a shit about men's testicles yeah these well, these lady corps that's what you should call them they're all lady corps lady corps bitch corps <laughs> <laughs> bitch corps um well as people that really care about male men's dicks and balls they they back the gas digital yeah and you know it's an all-male audience and we're right there with manscaped we're really looking at, at manscapes marketing and just their website is probably quarter million dollar website it's so nice and we just spent a hundred grand on our website and we're trying oh, to yeah. mirror it in, a, in like kind of as there's you know you look for inspiration you know copy per se but right like, oh, that, that looks i good. gotta i gotta make a real investment on my website i've just been straight up lazy and cheap on pulling the trigger but i gotta do that it's your storefront um I, was I just want all my content in one place that I own that mm -hmm. no one can remove. And, yeah. and I don't currently have that. And my, so I, and I've had a lot of content over the years. So even just for myself, I care about it. I put a lot of work into it. I'd like to have it all in one organized place and not just organized in one place, but even somewhat organized in the way I'd like for it to be displayed. So even like on YouTube, it's somewhat segmented by the way that, you would do your uh, what are they called? The, the... Videos, shorts. Yeah, you, I, like, but I'm still I'm kind of forced into their categories. Right. I would like for you know what I'm kind of selling myself right now on why I need my own website, and I would also beyond owning my own content as the audience grows, I'd like to be able to just interface with them directly at some point, sell tickets directly. <sighs> I would really like to be without other partners i really do like owning my own stuff and interacting directly um but i also don't like doing the work i don't like doing so it's, it's nice lot. just yeah it's nice being able to just i mean you you know how much work goes into your website that is your yeah. business yeah. and uh as much as possible i try not to steer from the work work which is kind of news jokes and performing news jokes and performing yeah that's the fun part the other part is like the fucking yeah. building building the infrastructure i got to go behind the scene or behind the scenes backstage with ari shafir brian simpson and this girl opener that uh they were in denver here recently and he i was just going to take a picture ari was really cool he was like why don't you come back and hang out for 20 and right. so we went back there and we're i was talking about the business and we were just shooting the shit and this girl mentioned how she has a subscription to MeUndies or nemesis one of them and i was like we're not trying to do a subscription model because i feel like it almost is annoying at some point where you're like i, right. I have so much of this thing that i don't need i, I don't want anymore and now it's going to be a hassle for me to go unsubscribe but she described it in a way that made it make more sense which was i but i like receiving this free gift even though it's not free every right. month and it's like a special little it's like a gift or a surprise each month when she gets a new pair. So it made me think about re-examining the subscription model, which is just, you know, if you can get people to subscribe to RobbieTheFire.com for even like 99 cents, they'll never even miss it and whatever. But what was the other thing? I, this is a funny thing that happened, which is not so funny, and it was kind of annoying. 
I was just talking about Manscaped and we're looking at their, the whole checkout purchase process to see, is it more better, more better? See how we use it's linguistics. Just talk about Toastmasters here in a second. Um, I joined a Toastmasters, but point is, so we go through the checkout process and during checkout, like in your checkout, it's offering all these other products in, do you want to add this? And then after checkout, it off, you know, of course it's going to say, well, for, 50 percent off and if you want to buy this other thing it's called an upsell which of course we're all familiar with right but here's what was fucked up is we go to checkout and i'm like what is that hyper program or hype program or something like that because it was 89 dollars for this product and i was like just like that's weird it it basically auto subscribed us to this hype package and you had to un-auto subscribe. I don't like that at all. Yeah, and because that's where subscriptions can be weird. You need to be fully aware that you're subscribing to some package that you're going to be getting. Because all we were buying was the trimmer. Right. You're like, I'm uh, just trying to trim my nuts, and now you're sending me fucking seeds every week. Yeah. You're sending me a growing cream. You're sending me pH balancer. You're sending me ball spray. I just want to trim my nuts. That's it. I just needed a yeah, trimmer. And just you, a simple I, trim. It was... It was dirty. So that was something that I, you have, like if you go to Manscaped and you're trying to just buy a product, they're going to auto-subscribe you into this thing. You have to uncheck that auto-subscription. And it's actually more expensive, the product you were buying, but you're now you're not, it's like $5. And I'd rather just get, the, get what I was ordering. I'm not trying to subscribe. I don't know what, I don't need your essential oils and shit. But... That's where it's all funky with the subscription process. You know, I, I, I do have an idea and I'm talking out of pocket because it's it's your business. Like, and it's not, I'm not, I don't sell, it's not my thing. I find if I'm going to someone's thing and their entire business model is a subscription service, right off the bat, I don't like it. I just want to buy what I want to buy. I don't want to have to think about my credit card. If that's your, if your core business is a subscription service, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, you're just trying to get my credit card on autopilot and I don't want to be on autopilot. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But too. based off of what the me undies person was saying, and you could probably find out more people. No, I'm not every shopper and there might be some people that actually like receiving something each month from a brand. So maybe there's a way to like, and I don't know, it might not be a big enough market segment that it's even worthwhile, but it could be that if it's not your core product, because I get annoyed and suspicious if that's someone's core product. But you got a pretty big email list to email out, hey, loyal fans, we're now starting a subscription service. If you want the newest thing and a free item every month at this discounted price, here's how you do it. You're never going to run out of underwear again. You're always going to have a fresh... You know, there is something to if, if I love a brand. Like, for example, there's some brands that I... I mean, I'm lucky. You send me underwear each month, right? Right. But... I could see it working for you guys where it's like, oh, the new release automatically shows up here. Yeah, or, the new release, which isn't all the time. And it might right. be like every three months or something. So that could right. be. So it could be that there is some built-in audience that you have that would be interested. You're sheath loyalists. And then you also might like that, oh, I know that I am like have blank built in every month because these people aren't canceling. But as a core model or as the main thing to build out or to push, I don't know. It's it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like 
the relationship I want with a clothing brand. It feels sleazy to me. And yeah. I've never liked it. But I also said we would never introduce a women's line. Right. And we did that. And we, you know, it's so never say never. I just said it twice. And, <laughs> um, I did also, and we're, we have 10 minutes or so left, not even. I joined this Toastmasters club. Have you ever heard of that? Um, no. No, really? Okay. It's like an, inter- not an international, but nationally known speaking in group. Like you learn, you public speaking okay. group. And it's almost like a, a Alcoholics Anonymous in a way where you show up and you're all drinking coffee, but there you get up and you talk about a specific topic or they'll introduce this topic where you have to kind of ad lib a speech in the moment and it's to improve your public speaking skills. That's great. Yeah. As a podcaster, you think you get better just doing the podcast, but it's been four years now and I think I got about three new subscribers. (laughs) So I'm, I need to improve myself because I get the guests. I get the best guests, obviously, you know, and it's amazing that I, it is a saturated field to be. You've been doing this four years, the podcast? A long time. Hell yeah, dude. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I mean, I actually started in 2012, but that was called mushroom tea and it was like tea talk. Okay. And it just coffee talk. You know, we're just having a chat about nothing. Same Hell thing yeah. as Rogan, but how, 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 I mean, are you seeing massive growth with, I mean, because you get kind of like some right. of the carryover from part of the problem as well, I assume. Uh, honest answer, um, I love doing the pod and it actually amazes me how many people listen to the podcast comparatively to doing stand-up. I mean, every episode of my podcast might get seven, between five and 7,000 viewers. That's that's pretty crazy to me that there's upwards of seven. I mean, I've had episodes that have done more than that, but I would say typical episode is probably like in that range, probably on the higher end. Let's just say I get about 7,000 episodes, 7,000 downloads an episode. Um, So to me, that's firstly the freedom in the way that I just absolutely rant about stuff. Um, I do get to constantly practice new jokes, uh, which are, that do not carry over to stand up, but I get to do jokes that work well for the political show format. Uh, so I love podcasting. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it by doing it. Uh, the growth has not been like, it, it, there has not been just steady growth. And it's almost odd to me that I haven't been able to convert more of the part of the problem audience because part of the problem is substantial, like multi- multiples larger. Uh, and I've also done other podcasts, so I don't really know. I, I don't really know. Like the the, it seems to me the biggest growth have come, and maybe it's my own failures of not pushing the show enough on part of the problem. But it, it seems as if if I plugged very specifically, hey, here was a segment that I was talking about on Run Your Mouth, people will go check it out. And then I do think once people check out the show, I keep a lot of them. I think a lot of people go, oh, wow, how come I didn't check this out sooner? And then they stick around. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your question? I kind of I don't know. Well, well, I, I like hearing your right answers on part of the problem, which is one thing. And if you, you know, kind of promote your podcast from part of the problem as something along those lines, like if you right. want to hear more of my opinions, come over, check me out on Run Your Mouth podcast. Uh, and essentially, what I'm doing now, I, I'm. I'd like to get to three days a week for run your mouth at the moment. It's more like two because I'm traveling too many weekends, but essentially I do part of the problem three days a week and I'm doing run your mouth on the other days. And then I'm talking about the topics that maybe Dave wasn't interested in or the topics that we didn't hit because it wasn't on the day that we're doing part of the problem. So I essentially do like a daily political podcast three days a week. It's part of the problem three days a week. It's run your mouth and run your mouth is way different from part of the problem. Uh, and that I talk about different topics and I do not present as, as professional and I'm more all over the place. I know. Well, I don't know how true that is. You do have a, a like a photo. What is that called? Um, power, PowerPoint. You usually have like a PowerPoint going and Dave, after I learned about this Toastmasters thing in one of the directives or points of going there is to prevent yourself from using the filler words like um and ah and or so and like like is a big one and i noticed him and i think it was just a particularly bad podcast for him where he seemed distracted because every other word was um like so whatever and it was it, it, i never noticed it until i started trying to fix that up on like uh, myself I'm getting tongue-tied here but i think i'm gonna give you the counter on that i also because i have a bit of a sales background and i listen back to almost every episode of run your mouth maybe not in full but for the most part i listen back to it uh afterwards and i pay attention to the ums the likes and that stuff on run your mouth and i also have somewhat figured out a cadence if i talk in this cadence I take the pauses, I can correct for it. It's all about the pauses. The problem with the pauses is you start talking a little bit more like a politician. So I'm giving (sighs) you the counterfactual here. So you can correct for it, but there's something to be said for the honest and more natural speech patterns and just talking in the way that you would normally talk. And I'm not saying that you can't correct for it or become a more professional broadcaster. But within this field, I don't know how much the audience necessarily cares or that it's better. Good. I liked that. That was real clean, crisp. And I can correct for it. I, it, yeah. just, it just takes a little bit of mental focus, but I can, I can correct for it. You are a natural <laughs> speaker. All it, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a simple solve. It's pauses. Yeah. It's just instead of saying like, instead of saying um, you just slow down and pause. When you're about to fumble, you pause. Give it a little pause. You do sound like a politician when you do yeah. that. That's funny. What is this? We're going to wrap it up. This image behind you. It looks oh, like this was... Uh, talk about failures in marketing. You can even <sighs> go to theblackcaptain.com. I put it together with my friend uh, Menu and Heart. We did two seasons. It is a scripted podcast. It is listening to a movie. Nice. Uh, my friend Menu and Heart has Eddie Murphy talent when it comes to voices. There's scenes in this where he's playing 10 different characters. Uh, he also has an incredible musical talent. So it's got original 
he could be hired by anyone tomorrow. The fact that he's not the richest guy I know is incredible uh, just because of his talent level. But he, I mean, there's an entire music track in there. We sat down, we wrote in an hour and a half movie. It's two seasons. So season one is basically the first movie. Season two is the second movie. Uh, And each season, it's literally a full movie. This could tomorrow, a Hollywood studio could pick it up and we could go film it as a movie. And I was shocked by how well both season one and season two came out. It will be a trilogy and we will do season three. We just need to have uh, a platform by which we know it's going to be a lucrative endeavor with a larger audience because we literally produced two full movies and not enough people uh, have seen it or heard it. Can I tell you a funny thing about it? Please. All right. So the initial concept was he just had an idea for a sketch, which I thought was really silly which was basically um, like, I don't even know if you went this far. The idea was essentially just being a captain of a ship and being in space and the aliens are racist. And I just thought that that was so silly. The idea that you could have like green aliens that for some reason didn't like black people just instantly. I just thought that's such a funny premise. And then we just kind of built it out. And I thought, what's the most ridiculous thing that could happen and this gets funny. I was like, what is the most ridiculous thing that could happen? Well, you can have a guy who's got a cure for a disease, but since he's black and they're racist, they won't take the cure from him. And so season one is actually about this deadly virus and that he's got this vaccine that no one's willing to take from him. And at one point we managed to take, uh, I was working my, my sales a little bit and we took some like higher level meetings with big companies who wrongfully thought that it was a pro-vaccine storyline, which it just wasn't. It, oh my it, God. Was it, did it coincide with the, the, the virus and everything? No, that's what I'm saying. I wrote this thing two years before COVID was a thing. We released it a year before COVID even existed. So season one, which the storyline is definitely about a virus and people who are hesitant to uh, take the, the, the cure for it, uh, it, it, it it's, just, it's just interesting that it predated COVID. Yeah, that is funny, that, and coincidental. And um, how 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 can we watch that? Because I want to see it. Are we um, here? I will it? send. So firstly, it, if you go to theblackcaptain.com, uh, you can order season one and season two. If you remind me, I will send you the audio files. I recommend the best way to consume this is uh, you got a long car ride and you're alone in your car. I promise you, it'll be the best hour and a half. Nice. I'm telling you, it's it's just it's you'll be surprised by how unbelievably good the production value is on it. I it, I like the artwork behind you. Yeah, we and... got so we got some really good artwork. That was um. Can I can I ruin a joke in the movie for you? Yeah. It was Spoiler. a very okay. So uh, there's a scene uh, where uh, basically everyone gives up on their mission. They give up. And they decide that they're they're gonna go hit the bars and drink, and so he needs to go find his crew. But he's also in giving up mode, and he passes a bar, and it's called the Quick Fill. And he goes, "I'll go drink in there," and then it turns out to be an alien gay bar, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where they fill you up real quick at the bar. Oh no, that's not. Uh, which was <laughs> what is that? A meteor. Yeah, it's meteor rocks. So you got a piece, you got a piece of meteor. Yeah, it, it gives me good energy, calms me down. I like it. it Helps is. you manifest. You hold it and you feel like a god of sorts, like Thor. Yeah, the other dude with all the rings. Yeah, 
can't think of his name. Damn it. But that's my, that's our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you coming on here, Robbie the Fire. Join, hit, subscribe to his podcast because his is way better than this. No, nah, you're killing it, buddy. Yeah, I do enjoy it. You're and coming I'm in with the success tips. Exactly. I'm trying to show people that if I can do it, you can do it. We can all do it and live a good life here on earth, make heaven on earth. The Manitou Incline Challenge. We'll uh, we'll be in touch closer too. Maybe yeah. we'll invite more people out. We can make Ooh. it a we can make it a sheath event, an actual race. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think I know how to train for it this time. I think uh, I think I know exactly what I need to do to be able to maybe run that thing top to finish. We'll see then. You'll have to Now, the, to... the problem is there's no way to quite train for it without being on it because the steps are uneven. They're paced differently in different segments. You've got the altitude element. The altitude. Is the yeah, so there's a lot to that specific obstacle that can only be trained at that obstacle. I think what I will attempt to do is once a week, uh, they got the stair machine at the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think a half an hour on that with a 50 pound weighted vest. And then I think finding some other stairs that I can run once a week. I think if I did those two things and other than that, just, uh, did what I do. I think I could take that down. These guys don't know how to turn the lights on. And I think more than that would be overtraining. I think if I tried to do anything more than that, it's I'd on that front pole. Injury. Front pole. I'm sitting here like he's, but if I were you, I would just hit it twice a week. I like to hit it twice a day, baby. There you Shout go. out to my wife, LOL. <laughs> uh, well, we could continue and we could go on forever. I appreciate you coming on here. I, I'll i be a guest on your podcast as usual once a month. You want to do uh, – I'll probably – I'll confirm with you. I'm probably doing an episode next week, Monday and Wednesday. So you can take your pick. 11 a.m. Either one. Uh, let me know. I will text okay. you to confirm. Black Captain, RobbieTheFire.com. Part of the problem. Run your mouth. King of the Cox. COVID Jesus. Robbie the Fire. Thank you there for coming you on. And I'll see you next time. See you guys next week. Peace. Hell yeah. Later, dude. Later, bro.